0: That's my thing, is that the guys get the rep they're going to get in the game. I want them to get that rep so they can play with confidence, so we can go in at halftime and we can say, hey, they're doing exactly what we told you they are going to do. You know exactly how to play it. Let's go play with confidence play fast.
1: Finding the most efficient way to practice and effectively prepare players is something that coaches are always searching for. Western Illinois defensive coordinator Todd Drury created a way to get his players the reps they need with a focus on the mental side of the game. Coach Drury evolved his walkthrough into a period in which his players are able to get more reps while gaining the understanding of what the offense is trying to do in addition to their reaction and required decision-making within their defensive calls. In this episode from our archives, Coach Drury explains the setup and rationale behind the format for this practice segment. The result is that his defensive players are seeing far more reps than they would if they were just scrimmaging and getting more in terms of recognition and visual cues, than if they were doing a walkthrough. We share our winning edge takeaways and ideas for implementation following the interview. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. This concept of how you guys practice, and I was very intrigued by it for a number of reasons. Number one, I think it's a very efficient way to do things. You guys are getting a ton of reps. You're really making it the mental side of things. And then what... We're getting across the board, really college level, high school level, reaching all the way down to youth, that there are limits on the amount of time we can have contact within what we do. And I think that's going to be a trend that continues as we put player safety at the forefront of this game is that we have to be innovative with how we do things. So what might have worked for us 10, 20 years ago with us lining up for 25 minutes and just scrimmaging and going full go might not be the best way to do that anymore. And and really, we have to separate a lot of times, I think, some of that physical from the mental and, and decide how much of that physical contact work do we need versus how much are we really out there wanting to improve our players' recognition their vision their decision making and what you guys have done in this idea you shared with me i think accomplishes everything we're looking for and keeps up with some of the demands of what's being placed on us today
0: a lot of it comes back to you know we teach from a concept standpoint of concept alignment key and execution and then the guys know where to get lined up and they know what their assignment is and they have their eyes in the right spot then they can focus on their technique. If those things, you know, if they know their assignments and they can play fast, then their techniques and everything everything improves. You know, if if they're still thinking about their assignment when the ball snapped, they're not going to be thinking about their technique or reacting defensively.
1: And that's what you guys have been able to build in this. You guys get a, a ton of reps, and it's something that evolved. And as you and I were talking about how this started, really was some of the demands or limitations, I guess, placed on, practices where at the NCAA level you get one per day and you get a walk through. So you want to be as efficient as possible with the time you have. And so that's where this, this concept and this format evolved for you.
0: Yeah. So we were coming into camp and we had four groups defensively and, and we were trying to figure out how to get everybody alignment assignment. How do we get lined up? How do we get the call? And so we, you know, obviously we had a walkthrough format where it started with a set of cans and you know, we had an offensive formation, you know, you have a group out, and you, you call it the call, you get everybody lined up, so then we, we kind of evolved that to two sets of cans, and then we got to three sets of cans, and so we had a, a set of cans on, on the right hash, middle of the field, and left hash, and we put out bags for formations, and then we'd have, you know, one group in the hole, or on deck, and then three groups out with three different coaches, and they're running through formations, and calls, and we scripted it out, and, you know, we got really efficient with You know, we were getting a lot of reps, you know, 25 reps in 10 minutes or so. And and it was great because we were getting everybody lined up. Everybody's getting a different formation on a different spot of the field because we know how much that changed things. You know, we were really moving through it. And what we realized was once we got into the season with scout teams, we were like, let's just replace those bags out there. That was the number two receiver. Let's put the scout team out there, the offensive players. And so, yeah, so then basically we started putting two sets of cans on the same hash, 20 yards apart, and there'd be a coach at each set of cans and they'd have five scout players with them, offensive skill players. you have a script, a printed-out script, and they would have scout cards, and the defense would be in the middle. So if the defense was facing the, the north set of cans, they'd about 50%, they'd run through a play, they'd get the routes, or they'd get the run action with the RPOs, all those things. We'd run our calls, and then they'd flip right around on a whistle, and now they're they're right there, and they set up the next formation. D-line has jogged down about 20 yards, set up the next formation, run the next play, and so it was a rapid fire about 50% speed, but we were able to get, you know, all the routes, all the RPOs, all of our calls in. That period kind of grew and grew and grew for us last season. We're like, last year we do an inside run period, we do a team period, and then the rest would be on cans, honestly.
1: How did this format then compare in terms of reps to your traditional practice that you used before?
0: Yeah, I felt like defensively, when we had a scout period, we're limited on scout players (laughs) to start with. You know, our scout line is – those guys are working their tails off but that's not always the best look and so in that 10 minute period if we're getting 12 quality reps you know I think we're going pretty good with the guys that we had and so the can period I mean we've gotten as many as 30 reps in uh, 10 minutes you know so we were basically just we were rotating every four plays and so yeah I mean as far as the the amount of reps go I mean it was almost triple and you can push it as fast as you want but we would really you know we'd go through the rep and sometimes we do it twice you know we'd make sure that we guys were Align perfectly and their eyes are in the right spot. They're hitting D-liners, hitting their aiming points, linebackers, were reading their keys, all those things. You can slow down or speed up as much as you want, honestly.
1: As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's vertical raise. To find out more, visit VerticalRays.com, and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. dot teammofo.com slash demo and mention coaching coordinator podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. And it really is determining what you want out of this. It's not purely we're gonna get more reps. It's determining what you want out of those reps. So instead of saying we're gonna put more emphasis on the physical you say, well, we really need to recognize, we really need to understand our keys, we really need work on the mental side of things. And so you created this format then that it works exactly to accomplish that. And that's the value really of any good practice period as you get out of it what you want to accomplish.
0: You know, we're still getting all of our physical contact in as well. I mean, we, we start with pre-practice and we do our circuits and we do our individual drills and we're doing crossover with the offense. And we are still doing, you know, the old school, you know, a scout period where we get the full speed rep versus the O line and, you know, all those things. But then those last two periods of the day, we've gotten that work in. We've ran to the ball. You know, we've pursued the ball. We've gotten off blocks. We've covered the different concepts with you know, whatever we're pattern reading, whatever we're doing. And now let's just make sure we're getting the extra reps. Cause like one of the things I'm, I'm huge on is if we're going to ask a kid to be perfect in a game, you want him to do his job 100 out of 100 times, then is he getting enough reps? of that particular defensive call versus that particular offensive play? Are you getting every rep in practice to hold that kid accountable to you right 100% of the time? Because if you're blitzing the run, then are you seeing that blitz versus that same side of the run play? How many of those reps does the kid get during the week? Because I bet you if you go back and look, a lot of defense coordinators, that kid will have gotten that rep based off his rotation, uh, based off that blitz versus that play call, that kid might have gotten that rep two times that week, potentially. And we're asking that him to be perfect 100% of the time where in this format without killing our bodies we are getting every rep versus every play call and we are we are fitting it up and and so I I, our defensive execution just went through the roof I felt like assignment wise we we didn't have missed assignments we had you know obviously technique and and different things but but as far as the guys going where they're supposed to go and doing what they're supposed to do because then the other thing is like we stopped lining up in our normal stuff you know and everybody watches our tape and see it but like we are we are gonna disguise what we're doing and we're gonna show one thing, we're gonna show blitz, we're gonna back it out, we're gonna bring it from that side, we'll show blitz one side, bring it from the other side, we'll two high, one high, Tampa two look. I mean we just we, we have different alignments on the back end and and if we can do more of that stuff without increasing the playbook, but we you just gotta make sure you see it versus every all the looks you're gonna see on Saturdays and so that's why I'm just such a huge fan of it. I mean it was huge for us this year, I feel like.
1: When you look at the guys up front, because they're, they're facing cans, they're not facing bodies coming at them, uh, how do you make this still very valuable for them? What is it from a mental standpoint that you really want those guys focused on to get the most out of these periods?
0: Yeah, so anytime we're going to walk through the D-line, we have, you know, we key men, we don't key the ball, and so we just have them, whoever their visual key is, we want them putting their hands there on the snap and then stepping through their gap. And so they're always attacking the line of scrimmage, landing their hands on a can whether they're moving one gap, two gaps, whether they're playing knockoff or an edge technique. They're always landing their hand on the aiming point and then playing through their gap. And then we'll tell the – like if there's – you know, different teams do, you know, different exotic things up front. And so if there's a look where we're getting a backside fold block or, you know, uh, out with the guard and a, and a fold behind with the tackle or something, we have already gotten that rep in Indy. We've already gotten that rep in inside run. we already got that rep in the team period. And so we'll tell them, hey – you know, hey, you're getting that that X block on the backside here. You know, we'll, so sometimes we'll give them those, those clues, you know, based off the formation of the play. We'll just tell them what's coming. You know, in their mind, they're like, okay, yeah, this is that play. But we have already gotten those reps. We're just not getting 100 of those reps up front, so – we try to always hit our aiming points. We try to make sure that the D line is still coming off the ball. If you see on tape when I go back and watch these, you know you'll see the D line as they're rushing the pass, or Say we're running a third; it's a third down period. And we're running some of our blitzes or stuff. You'll see them come off the edge, and then they're working their hands on air. You know they're working their moves. You know, so they're they're mentally engaged. And I think that's one thing, though, that is important. From, like our team this last year, they were the best team that I've been around so far at snapping in and locking in and when it was time to focus on what i'm supposed to do they were they were fully focused and when it was time when that period was over then they were they were relaxed but they just did a great job like hey this is what I should be doing right now. I should be working on my pass rush technique. I should be thinking about the set or the overset of the O-lineman, and, and I'm going to go ahead and work my hands and my move. And so they could really handle that from a mental perspective of staying engaged in that. And I thought that's important too, you know, with these periods. I mean, because if you guys get out of control, I mean, you, you got to make sure they're locked in, they're, they're dialed into what they're doing and they're, they know the purpose behind it. They know their why so that way they can get the value out of it too.
1: Well, I can, well, I can certainly see the, Well, I can certainly see the value of this for a college program, but you know, there's a, well, I can certainly see the value of this for a college program, but there's a lot of high schools out there that certainly just hurt for numbers and maybe don't have enough guys to fill in that second scout team. Oh, so this serves purposes probably even better for them to be able to do this and use a format like this. As you pointed out, you're still able to get those physical reps and a lot of reps In the individual parts it's now when you're trying to put together those all 22 and really get the reps out of it so if you have a smaller roster this has a high value in practice to be able to get the reps you need for all those things on the mental side of it the value here is huge because we see that all the time we're able to do things on the offensive side of the ball even if it's just plays on air routes on air that allow you to get some of the reps you need on the mental part but now I think you've taken that kind of concept and flipped it over to the defensive side.
0: Offensively it's is different because you're dictating the formation, you're dictating the tempo offensively. So, I think it's easier to run like like offenses for years have been doing you know, plays on air, right? You just run through a drive, and you can run the ball, throw the ball, you know, you do all those things. And and that's what defensively we haven't been able to do. We haven't been able to run plays on air because we need to know where to line up. And so this is kind of like our version of of yeah. uh, you know plays on air. But I I can see like if you're running, you know, if you had a you know, a script of plays on air or whatever, a tempo period or whatever, and you could throw out four DBs, you know, and maybe get your one high, two high reads or whatever you're reading offensively. If you're read, reading the alley defenders, throwing out alley defenders or reading corners or putting guys out where they could, you know, change post-snap because I think defensively that's one thing I try to do is make the quarterback's decision post-snap, especially with all the RPOs, you know, so if, if we're moving post-snap and they're supposed to be reading something post-snap, then I think that helps us a ton in the mental – side of things I'm putting more on the quarterback's plate and so I think if you can simulate that in practice whatever that read key is for the quarterback whether it's just zone read or whether it's a bang eight it makes sure that he's getting those inside of those you know so whether it's just a shell or, or something like that maybe.
1: The one thing we do have in common regardless of the size of our program and the number of players we have available in practice is time so I think this is a great way to look at how do you maximize your time how do you get more out of something like plays on air or routes on air, and it's putting some of those key defenders out there. So maybe you don't have all 22 bodies in a program that are going to give you the look, but is that what you need to get the recognition required for the execution? As you said before, handling things in other periods, maybe on the physical side, allows you then to refocus how you use some of these other periods. And I think what you pointed out here are just some great use cases for how you make the most out of a practice period. And yes, you could always walk through, but this gives you something much more dynamic than a walkthrough period, and really, more bodies involved as well.
0: The downfall of the walkthrough, the old school walkthrough, is that you got one group out there, and then you got the the rest of the team behind you, you know, thinking about who knows what, and then, you know, and then there's no post-snap reaction, so I think just kind of trying to mix all that together as much as possible to get the most out of it while not... You know, once we get mid-season, I mean, we are conditioned. We know our techniques, you know. So it's, it's not, you know, we have ran to the ball already that day. It's not about that. It's about making sure we are, our alignment assignment and execution is, is key, you know, on, on the blitzes and, and just being the most efficient you can with your time inside of those periods and making sure that the guys – that's my thing is that the guys get the rep they're going to get in the game. I want them to get that rep so they can play with confidence – So we can go in at halftime and we can say, hey, they're doing exactly what we told you they're going to do. You know exactly how to play it. Let's go play the confidence play fast.
1: I appreciate you sharing this idea with us. It's a simple one, but I think something that can be very effective for coaches around the country at every level. So I appreciate you sharing that. Thanks, Keith. Here are our winning edge takeaways and ideas for implementation. One, find ways to maximize reps in practice, but remember that there should always be a focus behind those reps and context that gives the session as much direct application to game reps as possible. We drill in smaller groups or individual because it's the most efficient way to hone mental and physical skills of our players. Coach Drury created this segment to work on the mental side of the game for his defense. He values this session as much as 11 on 11 and even films it to evaluate what his players did correctly and what they can get better at. Regardless of what you create, Use the measure of how does this replicate what happens in the game and what is the specific purpose in that regard. Two, apply the mental side to every drill. Context is always important. To illustrate what I mean by this, I'll use the example of how I did this with quarterbacks. If it was an individual drill working on drops and maybe a key read, we would have the quarterback go through his mental process of calling the protection, taking his eyes to pre-snap keys, even if imaginary, and filling the blanks in for him so he knew the framework of what he was working with. That would start with the play call, us identifying that maybe it's a too high structure, identifying where the three techniques so he could make his protection call, etc. The extra 10 seconds went a long way in tying the mental processes to the physical. Coach Drury did the same thing with how his defensive linemen got their work in, even though they were facing inanimate objects of trash cans. Three, Regardless of if you're a coordinator or position coach, step back and evaluate your practices and drills. With the first two takeaways in mind, just going through your current practice period and drills and thinking about how you can get more out of it with your players can go a long way in improving their understanding of when, why, and how techniques are used rather than teaching them in isolation. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please share it with other coaches. Go to coachingcoordinator.com for enhanced show notes with links to related episodes, resources, articles, and with our winning edge takeaways detailed in text. When we post the enhanced show notes for this episode, it will include a diagram of the setup of Coach Drury's practice segments, as well as practice video. Sign up for our free weekly tip sheet, which highlights the best ideas from the previous week, trending episodes, and featured resources. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.